Well, hello and welcome to episode number two of Pixelated Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Verquin. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's such a pleasure to be connecting with you. Today, I have a great guest joining me in conversation around the concept and principle, really, that nature makes no mistakes. So you won't find exceptions, contradictions, or malfunctions. Nature is for life, be it in the animal kingdom, in plant life, and sea life, and of course, in human life. Oftentimes in life, circumstances require being viewed from alternate perspectives in order to gain new insights and awareness around them. Like stepping back from a painting of little shaded squares until it reveals the clear intended picture. Welcome to Pixelated Perspectives, the podcast intended to offer new perspectives into your health and overall well-being, explained through the lens of German New Medicine. I'm your host, Tanya Berkwin. I'm an artist, family woman, and nature and life enthusiast. So let's get into it. So I'm so excited to welcome Rick Kohut, entrepreneur, certified organic farmer, biofeedback technician, holistic nutritionist. He's basically an all-round proponent of natural living, and he actually happens to be my brother. So uh, hi, Rick. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Tanya. It's it's awesome to be here with you, for sure. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, my pleasure. I love this topic because it's such an empowering viewpoint or perspective. Like, don't you think that nature is on the side of life? It's It's about procreation. It's about thriving and cooperation. And I find that the way you approach your life really aligns well with this concept. Well, thanks, Tanya. I, like that's kind of what I try to do. I don't think I've, I, I, I think I kind of stumbled upon this whole whole way of life a little bit, but but yeah, just like you say, it's uh, it, it's great. It feels right to be to be doing things in sync with nature instead of you know grinding against her all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And you you kind of weren't. That's not where you started. Is it like you you've had quite a journey and maybe before we get into, you know, conversation, you can maybe just give us a quick little history of of your journey and and how it's led you to where you are now in life, just living your more natural approach to life itself. Well, sure. Um, Yeah, I guess how it all started, um, you know, I've kind of been in agriculture and farming um, all my life, obviously, as you know. Uh, growing up on the farm, um, being connected to all sorts, sorts of different animals and growing different crops and being engaged in the whole process the whole way. You know, um, even after after school, I, I went and I farmed in Australia uh, for a while and did some traveling. And, you know, after that, I, I thought, well, jeepers, I, I'm kind of, uh, you know, engaged in agriculture a lot I might as well go to agriculture school so afterwards uh after I did all my traveling and you know farmed at home and then farmed abroad then I thought well yeah so I went to uh, an agricultural college and and uh and eventually to uh, a university and got a degree in agricultural economics um and then I was sort of headhunted by an agricultural company working in uh, in chemicals and fertilizers. And that's sort of how I started my post-education uh, life in a 
in this agricultural career. And it wasn't long where I, I kind of, uh, I was convinced that that was the way agriculture was supposed to be, was this, uh, you know, not the life that I, that I grew up, you know, it, that it was different and that it was this technologically based new thing out there that was, that needed chemicals and was dependent on fertilizers and all of these things. And I really embraced it actually. And, and, uh, you know, I worked in that industry for, for 10 years, actually a little over 10 years, selling chemicals and fertilizers, working for chemical companies and fertilizer companies. And it wasn't until I kind of, I actually got sick and I had a, a pretty severe bowel disease. And it was at that time I, you know, I had to kind of step back and say, well, like, why am I sick? And, you know, how did I get here? So um, I finally, I finally looked at where I was going in life and, and realized that I was kind of, I was at kind of a, a peak. I, I thought I was doing well. I, I was like the manager of my division and, uh, you know, I was doing really good, but I felt like crap. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I thought I was doing a good job looking after myself and my health, but I really wasn't. And, I realized that I wasn't on my on my path that I that I really wanted in life, and so I uh, when I seen the doctor and the doctor told me that the only way out of this was to take medications and to basically live in fear of this disease for the rest of my life. I thought to myself, "Well, this this can't really be, you know? How could it be that yesterday I was okay and now I have this crazy disease that requires?" you know, a life of dependence. And so I kind of paralleled that eventually to the way that we were farming and in agriculture and what I was teaching people, you know, um, saying to them that they actually needed these chemicals on their, on their farm all the time. And they needed these fertilizers, you know, in their soil all the time. And I was kind of doing the same thing that that doctor was telling me that I should be dependent on that drug or that surgery or something like that. And uh, I finally decided that that's not the road I wanted to go. So I chose not to do the drugs and, and not to sort of believe in what the doctor was telling me. Mm -hmm. And so um, after I did that for myself and within months I was feeling awesome, and I just changed a few things. And, you know, the biggest being, of course, my perspective. But then I thought, well, by golly, why aren't I doing this on my land? And because at the same time, I was farming as well, as well as working in the industry. So I thought, well, what am I doing? I, I can't wholeheartedly, you know, ethically do what I'm doing anymore. So it was at that point that my wife, Amy, and I started a, um, a wellness center and a health food store. And I quit my job and started organic farming. So we, we kind of released ourselves from, from this sort of, I don't know, the, these chains that mm -hmm. kind of held us to a certain way of thinking and a certain way of, of growing crops, which, you know, we thought was food, but 
you know, later we discovered that we weren't really growing food. We were just growing commodities that, that really just needed um, products that cost a lot of money and fertilizers and chemicals. So, yeah, that's kind of what brought me to, to where I am now. And, you know, that was, that was 10 years ago now. And, and now I'm a, a practicing uh, holistic nutritionist and biofeedback technician. I love that story because you've you've been from one extreme to right to like one side of the spectrum right to where you are now, which is the complete opposite. And really, it's like a huge paradigm shift of what you've had to to do with with how you view life and all the components of it. So it's it's fascinating. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that with us. That's that's really yeah. great. Oh, thanks. It, and it totally was. It it was a paradigm shift you know, right from the word go is one of the hardest things I had ever done in my life up until that point. Yeah. Make this, this huge decision. Like I had a very comfortable job and mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was making great money and, you know, all those things that I had kind of checked off my list, um, you know, years earlier when I graduated from university, I, I was there, but then I kind of, had to start all over from scratch and you know when we decided to uh to do that on our farm it was it was crazy it was so hard um you know saying like trying to think like could it be that i actually don't need to spray chemicals (laughs) and you know apply fertilizer to this soil and yeah once uh you know we actually uh, we, we did some quite a bit of research into organic farming and mm-hmm. holistic farm management. We took some courses, my wife and I did, and, you know, we just got comfortable with it. And then finally we, we made that decision and slowly we stopped using all the chemicals and all the fertilizers. And then eventually we, we became certified organic producers. And now we've taken that extra step further into regenerative agriculture and we're trying to use livestock as much as possible to regenerate the soil and you know give it the nutrients and uh, the health that it had before we even started you know farming this land yeah yeah it's incredible such a a cool approach and it's that's the natural approach using nature itself to regenerate and take care of itself the way it was intended and not not needing the interference that um, we are really raised to to learn in, in a university and schools and all of our peers and also everybody around like um, in the community in the farming community you are really the only one who who kind of branched out so that would have been a big leap as well just as far as being out of comfort zones and uh, taking on something brand new that was kind of going against the crane. So yeah, there's, there's a lot there. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, definitely I was, uh, I was an outcast there. <laughs> I have great friends in the community and, and they're supportive, but, you know, I definitely got a lot of elbows and jabs and like, what the heck are you doing? You know, all those crazy weeds in your fields. And, but uh, you know, it, it's, they're all beautiful, all, all those plants and weeds and, you know, we're we're led to believe that all those those other plants in our field are are undesirable, um, but really they provide something beautiful. And if we appreciate them for what they are, and sort of ask ourselves why they actually are there, 
mm-hmm. then you'll you'll never want to get rid of them right because every plant every fungus every insect is is good for something and like you said at the beginning you know everything happens for a reason it's uh it's meant to thrive and survive and right. when we appreciate that then yeah then it's we, we make those decisions with uh with complete confidence and love and joy rather than in fear which mm-hmm. is how most people, how we're taught anyway, and how I was taught in school and in working with the chemical companies, we're, we're taught to fear insects and to fear um, the fungus, the fungi mm-hmm. and, and the weeds, these, these plants that show up that have so much power and nutrition and this ability to support that soil and to give us answers as to what's missing from that soil that uh yeah that that's what we're led to believe but unfortunately that's that's not why they're there (laughs) right they're very meaningful and they they're serving a purpose and it's it's so cool because it's the same in human and animal health as well so many times we see bacteria and fungi as you know they're they're seen as disease and malfunctions and mistakes when they have a purpose, they are meaningful and it's a biological program that's at play. So it's, it's nature involves every, every living organism. And I just love how this ties into all that. So yeah, this is why I'm so excited about this conversation, but um, really quick, you, you have an involvement in the Weston A. Price Foundation and it kind of goes along with your organic farming and, and using traditional um, ancestral methods and, and using that knowledge to, um, to kind of instill within what you're doing. Do you want to just touch on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it was when I was studying nutrition, um, I came across a, uh, a wonderful nutrition book. And actually, it's still my favorite cookbook to this day um, by Sally Fallon uh, and it's called Nourishing Traditions. And so, you know, the book is beautiful. It's, I would recommend it for everybody and anybody who wants to learn about, uh, about nutrition and about cooking healthy food for their family. But it was that book that kind of introduced me to the Weston A. Price Foundation because the author Sally uh, was uh, the founder and I think the president at that time of the Weston A. Price Foundation. And so I looked into it a little bit further and yeah, I just started uh, learning all sorts of amazing things about what this foundation was about. And uh, Weston A. Price was actually a dentist who who did a whole bunch of research uh, all around the world studying these indigenous people uh, in their groups and how they lived and uh, what sort of um, effects how they lived and what they ate had on their health and their dental health mm-hmm. especially. And there was there was some amazing things that almost every Indigenous culture had in common. And so that was fascinating. So then I, I actually bought Weston A. Price's book. Um, it's called Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, I believe. Okay. Uh, it's like a huge textbook. It's fantastic, but it's uh, probably the best nutrition textbook that I've ever got too. Um, those two books probably gave me more education than most of my courses combined. And so, 
yeah, I just wanted to be more a part of that. So I joined the Weston A. Price Foundation just as a member. And then years later, actually became a chapter leader. And so now we have, you know, chapter leader meetings where we we help kind of share this knowledge about what our ancestors actually did uh, to be healthy. And, you know, and it's it's fascinating because it really ties into this holistic way of doing things. They didn't have these machines that we have in agriculture today. They didn't have supplements. They didn't have drugs. Um, they just had their knowledge and their wisdom and their, their thousands of years of, uh, of information from their elders that was passed on and on and on. And uh, we sort of, we don't really have that today. We're, we're, we get our information from, from different sources. Um, instead of our elders and instead of our history. So most people today would rather listen to, um, you know, a government source, uh, somebody who comes like some sort of corporation rather than uh, a loved one or somebody who really truly cares from for them and for their future. And so that's like this huge, that when I recognize that and, you know, that meant so much to me because that's, uh, you know, those are the people who care and that want you to thrive and have a family of your own and mm -hmm. be healthy in the future. But um, I don't believe corporations do <laughs> because, um, you know, that's who most people listen to is these huge corporations now. And, you know, in the Weston A. Price Foundation, they, they teach us to, um, you know, to really appreciate sort of what was passed on to us and that knowledge and wisdom. And so that's what, what Weston A. Price Foundation is all about, is sort of teaching that. And they've gotten into much more now. So it's not just about nutrition anymore with the foundation. It's just all about uh, holistic health, well-being, uh, raising awareness of things that potentially threaten health, uh, such as you know, certain medications, vaccines, uh, electromagnetic radiation, and that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's just a, a wealth of information. So I would suggest that, uh, you know, if anybody's interested in, you know, getting an unbiased perspective on sort of health today, that's uh, one of the best places to get it. Sounds like a, an amazing community. And like you say, it's grown so much. But yeah. yeah, it really highlights the that community. It's it's based on sharing knowledge as a community and building communities instead of building up corporations. Um, and so cool that you're a part of it. Um, we kind of covered the agricultural and organic farming aspect, which which was fantastic. Um, but we didn't touch on your on your store in your health and well-being and what you offer there and how that kind of ties into what we've been discussing here. So you and Amy have a, a wonderful store in Olds, Alberta, and it's called Health Street. You guys have built up a community there too, with just a wealth of information. You guys have events that you hold on a monthly basis, sometimes more. Yeah, well, thanks for asking about that. And um, yeah, we, we've sort of tied everything to uh, health and uh, holistic health, I guess. And Health Street, our business, is just really a branch of that. It's a branch of holistic health. So 
um, yeah, it's a health and wellness center and uh, I'm a practitioner there, obviously. Uh, all sorts of natural products, uh, herbs, homeopathics, health food, um, and then uh, services and events. So that's kind of what we do there. And it's the same thing as about just teaching people how to look at things differently and how to see things from a, just a different perspective mm -hmm. rather than sort of the mainstream way of, uh, of looking at things. So, you know, um, it, it's a lot of fun. I don't feel like I'm at work when I'm there at all. It's just, uh, it's great. We get to help people in every way possible. And, you know, a lot of times you'll find yourself talking to somebody for an hour or two and all they came in for was a little bit of arnica or, <laughs> or, you know, a herb of some sort, but, but yeah, it's been a, a great journey, Health Street Wellness Center. I guess it's been 13 years now that we've had that business. And, uh, interestingly enough, right now during this crazy, you know, time that we're, we're in right now, it's uh, that it's still thriving. And it just, I think it goes to show you that uh, eventually when there's enough stress out there and when there's enough confusion, people will just kind of migrate where they feel comfort mm -hmm. and where they feel like there's a, a little bit of natural security. And, you know, so this crazy so-called pandemic hasn't really been bad for us at all. And I think if anything, it's really solidified our pack. And, uh, you know, everyone who is connected to Health Street, I think, has become much, much stronger, resilient, and more con convicted in their perspe perspective on health. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think it's, it's a very good thing. Um, you know, health food stores are, I, I just, I think they're awesome. I always go into health food stores wherever I go, and I'm always amazed at how uh, how strong everybody is, like how healthy, how strong, and how solid they are in their perspective on health. And that's that's what that's how we feel there. Uh, we have we have a great staff, and and uh, that's what we're bringing to our community. Yeah, it's kind of been a hub where people feel that when they're confused and they need some answers, you know, we go with what feels right in our gut and people are drawn to that. So yeah, it just seems like people have been kind of going there for more information and, and just to be with like-minded people. So yeah, all these aspects are tying into this concept and principle about nature and that mother nature knows best. She's got our back. Life is for us. And, and that's such an empowering way to live way to role model that's what people are looking for um you know at some point the uh, people don't want drugs anymore right mm -hmm. and when it's it, when it's almost to the point where it's forced on them they they have to start looking elsewhere and i mean anybody who's backed into a corner um you know you can you can do that with a chicken if you back a chicken into a corner or even a dog or a cat or any sort of animal they're they're going to get uncomfortable at some point and they're going to look they're going to look for a way out and they usually have to come to that stressful point in their life you know and what what i find is with uh 
with the natural health perspective, sometimes like, well, all the time, we have people who come in who at their, they're at their wits end in, in dealing with, let's say the medical system or, or suffering so much because they've been looking at things from a certain perspective, usually just one perspective. And that's usually the medical perspective and it's not serving them. And they feel like they're backed into a corner and they just have to get out. So a lot of times we'll find people will come in and they're really frustrated um, because they're on several different medications. They've had surgeries. They're on antibiotics after antibiotics and still the same symptoms occur. So then they come, they come to us. And, but, you know, for some reason, they're, they're open at that point. And, you know, I always think that people make choices at the right time. I think, you know, just nature has its way of, of uh, just the timing is impeccable all the time. So, you know, you get frustrated, you kind of chase your way out of a corner, uh, then all of a sudden something will come to you. And mm -hmm. maybe that is, you know, all of a sudden you recognize that there's something about vitamin D that's cool. Or you read something about, you know, about a, a herb or a natural health product or a different perspective. And then, um, yeah, and then people will become in, they'll, they'll come into our store and, and they'll just be so open and they'll have a big smile on their face and they'll be excited about learning this new perspective. And uh, I think that's the way we have to look at everything in life, um, you know, I hope that it doesn't always come to this idea that we're backed into a corner before we make decisions like that. Um, you know, but unfortunately that's how it happens for most. That's how it happened for me. Definitely. Um, getting out of that, that control system uh, from an agricultural perspective and, you know, that slap in the face when I was, you know, when I was sick uh, with that colon disease, and the doctor backed me into a corner uh, and, and it was basically like a threat, like, you know, you're going to be on these drugs for the rest of your life, or you're going to have this disease and that disease and suffer from this and that for the rest of your life. And so I was forced to make a decision. And I think that's, that's where a lot of people are at right now. <laughs> Interestingly enough, with this pandemic, they're, they're in that same predicament right now where they're you know, they're being threatened with, you know, an injection from a corporation, a corporate injection and all these medications and all these other things and or else they won't be able to do certain things. Well, I'll tell you what, there are so many beautiful things on the other side of this thing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the power you get from taking control of your health and and your food. And your freedom is just incredible. And, and you, you can do it all yourself. And you don't need a government for that. And you don't need a corporation for that. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about is, is, is having that self-control, that self-confidence. You know, I always think back to when I, I like first made that decision not to put fertilizer and chemicals on my land. And I was, I had anxiety over it <laughs> yeah. and it was, it was crazy because I was worried about what people would 
think if I would have a crop failure, all these sorts of things, but sometimes you just gotta, you gotta try it. And, you know, I did the research and, you know, asked a lot of people and took some courses and things like that. But, you know, that's what I find people really aren't doing today. They're, they're not looking any further than the radio or the TV uh, to get answers. They're simply just uh, taking a corporate word for it or the government word for it. And then they're taking an action on that instead of listening to their heart or to mother nature and listening to those lessons that have been taught to us, you know, by our elders uh, for thousands of years. Yeah, it's, it's really a great message, isn't it? And I think what is ultimately required is just a paradigm shift. And if, if this isn't how you've, you've, you're used to living and used to thinking, then the only thing left you really need to do is just to, to view something or be open to something with, from a different perspective. And our viewpoint needs to, to make a bit of a change before we can start seeing changes within our lives. So, yeah, it's, it's a great story. I like the metaphor you use as well, with the being backed up into the corner like a chicken or something. You see that play out all the time, don't you? Absolutely. Well, listen, I, I've appreciated um, you taking the time to join us here and enjoy listening to some of the stories. Even though you're my brother, I still learned some things. I didn't realize certain little things in there. So that's good. Is there anything else you just wanted to say, just to wrap it up, if there's a takeaway or some sort of practical suggestion that you might offer someone um, who's just kind of, maybe they're not yet there maybe they're not at the point where they've made a paradigm shift but what would you suggest somebody might try to apply in order to um, really take on this holistic viewpoint of nature being on your side being on the side of life yeah sure um, I guess the the thing that I always encourage my clients um, to do is to spend some time with nature because all the answers are, are right in front of us. Um, we're just too distracted to recognize them. Um, you know, I believe we, you know, if we were to call this an era of life, uh, that we live in the era of distraction. And uh, there are so many distractions in life today. Um, you know, we have probably the biggest, most significant toxin ever made by man. Um, that exists today and it's everywhere it's unavoidable and that's electromagnetic radiation um, it distracts us like nothing else I mean it used to be medications you know a few years back that were probably the biggest source of toxicity uh, and perhaps chemicals but you know in recent years technology has uh, outpaced that by far um, there isn't anywhere really that you can go on earth almost that's uh that doesn't have any sort of electrification. And when it comes to the, these wireless technologies, they're, they're literally everywhere. Um, however, if we go outside and we sort of get connected to earth, whether that's taking your socks off and going for a walk in the grass, uh, going for a walk out in the bush, uh, listening to the birds, watching the animals, and asking, asking them or asking yourself why they're doing what they're doing. Um, because if you, if you can ask that question, you know, like ask, 
Uh, when you go outside right now, at this time of year, you'll find dandelions everywhere, right? So I ask myself, I say, well, you know, why is the dandelion there right now? And it's not there in three, three, four weeks from now. Like it's still there, but it's not blooming, right? And it's not this vibrant, bushy thing um, that is always happening in the spring. Well, there's an answer to that. There's also an answer why a lamb's quarters weed is just rampant at this time of year, especially where you where you till up the soil and it covers it, right? But all these plants serve a purpose. Some of them have a deep, long taproot, like a dandelion. And a dandelion just happens to, um, you know, really proliferate where there's soils that need a lot of penetration down deep. So they need structure in the soil. So a dandelion does that because that deep, long taproot can go down a few feet quite easily. And then when, when it rains, it brings all of these nutrients down two to three feet in the soil. So much different than a lot of these, these uh, sod-bearing plants that have you know, really short roots right on the top, like a lot of grasses and things. So the dandelions will come in and they'll offer something amazing to that soil. And they'll give it something that they never that it never had before. But if you looked at that dandelion and you thought, well, uh, I don't like the way it looks. Dandelion, somebody told me dandelions were bad. Well, you might be inclined to kill it, right? And, and get rid of it. When the reason it was there was to actually improve that environment. It offered, um, you know, it offered the bees something to pollinate. You know, it offered, you know, healing for the soil. It offered beauty for the human eye. You know, there's so many things. Like, why is it there? Why do we think the way we think? So um, that's what I would suggest is, is go outside and observe nature because that that will be the answer to your questions um and it might then kind of dovetail into your life and into your nutrition and into your the way that you treat others and the way that you look at health uh the way that you look at you know how you take medicine or how you don't take medicine so it just kind of answers a lot of questions um and it and it separates you from that, that biggest toxicity, which is um, technology. You know, throw that phone, leave that phone in the house, mm-hmm. turn it off and go and be connected to nature. And it'll answer so many questions. Um, you know, I don't know if you know David Wolf, David Avocado Wolf. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with him. Yes. Um, a few years back, I went on a nature walk with David Wolf. And uh, he said these words, he said, he said, Rick, everything you need is right in front of you. And as we as we stopped and looked down, you know, within about two or three meters squared, we found about 28 or 30 different plants that we could eat. (laughs) It was it was insane, you know, from from little shrubs to trees to fungi, to all of these amazing things, even insects. Everything that we needed was right in front of us. 
But to the untrained eye, you know, you wouldn't see anything. You would just see a bunch of green stuff uh, that that you wouldn't really appreciate or respect. But yeah, when you truly connect and then you just ask why, ask why is that plant there? Why is that tree there? Why is that animal there? And it should help. Excellent. That's brilliant. It's such a great, great way to look at it and such a practical takeaway too. So thank you so much. Yeah. I'm going to put in the show notes where people can find you. I know you've got a, a Facebook page with all your information. You've got foodgenie.ca that this we didn't get a chance to talk on but this is a really cool little project you've got going on do you want to take a minute just to say what that is or yeah well we I mean that's a big project but just quickly it's all about helping people find local food yeah yeah it's brilliant okay well I'll include that website link in the show notes as well as health street your health and wellness center and then of course cohutfarm.ca So uh, again, thank you so much for joining me. I've had a great conversation with you. Thanks, Tanya. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into this episode. If you found some value in it, please consider subscribing and leave an honest review in iTunes. I'd love to help get this information out to more people and go ahead and share it with a friend. You can reach and connect with me at tanyaverquin.ca or on the socials at tanyaverquin.com.